Tonight's Bible reading comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Even valleys shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. Well, there we go. What's this? And up, you know... What is it? Handel's Messiah. George Frederick Handel. 1685 to what, 1759. He was an absolute genius. He wrote operas. He did the fireworks music, which if you don't know it, you've almost certainly heard it. The water music. And if you watched any of the coronation recently, most of the music from that. Um, But most famous of all, is his Messiah Oratorio. It's performed every Christmas in town hall. It is Bible verses put to song. That's all it is. And the very first three songs in Handel's Messiah are the first five verses of Isaiah chapter 40, which we heard read to us. It begins, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, a bit more. Now, why does Handel start his Messiah oratorio with a passage that's buried in the middle of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah? Well, there's actually a good reason, I think. I think Handel knows what he's doing here. See, Isaiah chapter 40 marks a new beginning through God's Messiah for the people of God. The first 39 chapters of of, um, Isaiah are largely a word of judgment against Israel for their injustice and their corruption. 
But towards the end of that section, we, get, we meet this faithful king named Hezekiah. Hezekiah does what's right. The Assyrians come and they, they lay siege to his city to attack and destroy. And Hezekiah calls out to God and God delivers Jerusalem. Wow, Hezekiah is a great guy. But then these envoys come from this lesser nation named Babylon. And uh, <clears throat> Hezekiah flirts with these envoys. He shows them all of his might and grandeur as if, you know, I don't really need God. Look at how wonderful and powerful I am. Isaiah goes and sees Hezekiah and says, Hear the word of the Lord Almighty. Sorry about the Central Baptist things. I saw them today and I should have removed them. Hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. It is 712 BC. We can set the date. 125 years later, Babylon, which is now a massively great empire, enters Judah and completely sacks Jerusalem, destroys it, takes its leaders and people into exile in Babylon. <coughs> it's a dark, dark day. The prophecy of Isaiah 39 is fulfilled to the letter. And then, that's where Isaiah 39 finishes, and then Isaiah jumps 150 years and 1,000 kilometers. Chapter 4, 40, Isaiah begins to prophesy to the Jews who are now in exile in Babylon. And unlike the judgment of chapters 1 to 39, what follows is a word of comfort and restoration. Isaiah 41 to 11, the passage we're considering today, functions like an overture for the next 15 chapters. It introduces all the major themes that will follow in Isaiah's message. Now you can see I left those central things up because I did give this talk. Central Baptist is on the cusp of a new beginning because I've just started. And um, guess what? Castle Hill Baptist is on the cusp of a new beginning. You have a new interim pastor starting next week. You are desperately searching and praying for a new long-term lead pastor. What does God's new beginning look like? What might you hope for as a church with a fresh start? Let me say, be careful of pursuing false hopes. Be careful of trusting in men, whatever their name. None of these are sufficient grounds. <clears throat> Handel was right. You cannot have a new beginning. You cannot find lasting comfort as a church without the Messiah, without the promised Christ. You see, the suffering of the God's people, Israel, on account of their sin was indeed great. Jerusalem had been destroyed. They were under foreign rule. They were in exile in Babylon. They were powerless. They were far from home. And you know what it's like when you suffer. 
When things are really hard, you long for comfort. You long, long for something to hope for and to be restored. So Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sin. God assures his people, it is finished. It's done with. Judgment has passed. Your sins have been paid for. The struggle is over. There's comfort. There's comfort here now. And how does this comfort come? It comes through earth-shattering, urgent means. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare. <coughs> make. Whoops. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. This is urgent. The ground, rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. Nothing shall stand in the way of the coming of the Lord. He's coming to bring comfort to his people. And when he comes, oh, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. Oh, this is certain for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. There's an urgent need for this comfort and God says it's coming. Behold your God. The Lord comes to comfort to his for his people. He will pay a more than sufficient price to secure forgiveness for their sins, which have been many, and to restore his people. Handel began his Messiah oratorio with these verses, 1 to 5, for very good reason. He's speaking about the Messiah. That's what his whole oratorio is about. Consider this. All four Gospels... Attached Isaiah 40 verse 3 to the ministry of John the Baptist who's preparing the way for the Lord. That's what Jesus, John's role was. He was preparing the way for Emmanuel. For when God comes to be with us, he was preparing for the Son of God to come for the promised Messiah. He was preparing the way for Jesus. The Apostle John, when he writes his gospel, says this. The word became flesh. The word of God became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we've seen his glory because the glory of the Lord will be revealed. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The glory of the Lord is revealed in Jesus. When Jesus enters Jerusalem... He speaks about the revelation of his glory. Here's what he says. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What's Jesus saying? To go on a bit further. Jesus says, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Oh, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. We read a little bit further on in this same discourse. Jesus says, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, says Jesus, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all 
people to himself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die, the sort of place where his glory would be revealed in his victory. Jesus came for the cross. His glory is revealed as he goes to the cross, bearing the weight of our sin, paying the price for our sin in his body, as he takes upon himself the judgment that you and I deserve. Guess what? On the cross, as he breathes his last, he cries out, It is finished. The struggle is over. The sin has been paid for. The way is cleared for forgiveness, for restoration, for comfort, and for hope for the people of God. Behold your God who came for you. The servant king who saves through his own loving sacrifice. You see, there is no fresh start. There is no forgiveness. There is no restoration if we disregard God's Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is take hold of the fresh start he offers as a gift. You trust him as Savior and Lord. You let him and his death die for you. Let his glory be your glory. Can you see that there is in Jesus a comfort so different to that offered so often in our world? You know, you've all been through hard times. You're going through deep waters. And someone comes alongside to comfort. Maybe they'll say, don't worry, it'll be okay. Says who? What if it's not okay? What if it gets worse? What power do you possess to promise comfort and security to me in my dark, dark hour? Such are the words of men. Such is our capacity to save from sin or from death. So another voice arises from the mouth of the prophet. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? Here's what you'd cry out. All people are like grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. It's true, isn't it? We wither and we fall. Despite our best efforts and our proud delusions, we cannot save ourselves or anyone else. Is there any hope when we're so frail? The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Here is the secret of our salvation. Here is our hope for a fresh start and forgiveness. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop trusting the words and the promises of men, the hopes of humanity. They cannot save you. Will you put your trust in the promises of God, your creator? Will you put your trust in his word, 
that he has revealed. Because you know what? When our God says, do not worry about tomorrow, when he offers comfort, he can deliver. And his word and his promises are most fully revealed in his Messiah, the coming one that he has promised, his glorious one. The Apostle John said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and that word, the very word of God that we are to trust in, became flesh. And made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only one, one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Behold your God. Behold the promised one. Behold your hope. Behold your comfort. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the full revelation of the Father's glory. The only one worthy of our faith. The only one who can save the only one whom we can trust our lives to, the only one you can trust your church to. There is no fresh start of any lasting significance outside of God's Messiah, his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is good news. He is really good news. He's gospel. That's what we talk about. Good news. What a glorious thing then to announce the comfort and hope that Jesus brings. Isaiah knew this privilege as he gets to announce a fresh start to God's people as a prophet. Isaiah is a bit like an evangelist. You who bring good news to Zion, to Jerusalem, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, come on, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, behold your God. Messiah is coming. God is coming. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. Sovereign power. Nothing will hold back his hand. No enemy shall resist his rule. He is in control. He has power to right the wrongs. Praise God. He has power to restore all things. Praise God. He has power. He has authority and... See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. God comes to us in his son. Knowing him is enough. That's reward enough. He brings comfort. He restores and forgives. He rules over our lives as a good and gracious king. Behold your God, sovereign in power, mighty to save. Behold your God and... Oh, what a contrast. What a joyful contrast. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart and gently leads those who have young. Wow. Sovereign in power, mighty to save. Tender and full of mercy. What does John say? What does Jesus say in John's gospel? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Behold your God, the one who comes to save. 
This is what we call the gospel. Good news. A message of comfort. But only if we receive it. We need to come to Jesus, our good shepherd. We need to submit to his rule and to follow his lead. And look to him for a fresh start. Jesus, the good shepherd, says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Come on, take my burden, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle. I am humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Behold your God. George Frederick Handel was spot on. He began his famous Messiah Oratorio with Isaiah 40. It seems that somehow he knew what Isaiah knew. There is no fresh start. There is no lasting comfort unless God comes to us in his Messiah. There is no fresh start in your personal life without Jesus. We can talk about turning over a new leaf. You probably already know this. Your willpower will fail. You are not in control. Circumstances will overwhelm. Temptation will come. Relationships get messy. Addictions return. In fact, perhaps they never went away. Only in Jesus, only by the power of his Holy Spirit, are we born again. Jesus does offer a fresh start and power to change. There is no new beginning for the church, for this church, outside of the reign of Messiah Jesus. He is the head of this church. You already have a chief pastor. You don't need to go looking for a new one. He is your good shepherd. And we can um, plan and we should at measure. We can vision. We can raise funds. We can start ministries. We can appoint pastors. And it's all utterly meaningless unless you keep Jesus at the center. And keep your eyes and your hopes fixed on him. There's no fresh start. There's no new beginning for the entire creation without Jesus. You see, our our world in its current form is under curse. The curse of sin and death. We, We actually need our sins to be paid for. We need the curse lifted to have hope for the future. That's the greatest need. I know there's all these complications in our world. But our greatest need is to have the curse lifted. And that's why Jesus came. To be lifted up in glory and love on the cross. And the risen Lord says, I make all things new. He promises a new heaven and a new earth, earth, the home of righteousness, where he will reign with his people. God with us face to face in all of his goodness and glory for the entire eternity. 
in this present age, we must look after our world, we must do what's right, we must be righteous. But in this present age, this world will struggle under curse. There is no new beginning outside of Jesus. And death will win for all of us. There's no new beginning outside of Jesus. We must hold fast to the gospel, to the good news of the Son of God sent to save. He has come and he is coming again and his reward is with him. So will the saints of Castle Hill Baptist Church be like John the Baptist. Even as you wait for your new beginning, which, you, which I think you should do, will you be like John the Baptist to make clear the way for our God? We hold forth the word of God with confidence because it alone endures forever. Or will you like Isaiah, or like that old spiritual, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Messiah. And he brings comfort. Comfort, comfort my people. In him are sins forgiven. In him is the promise of life evermore. He offers a fresh, offers a fresh start. He offers to comfort and to shepherd and protect. Castle Hill Baptist Church, evening congregation, behold your God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.